Is that going to be even more demanding on um, Nate's third world Wi-Fi? Welcome back to another episode of the Hoops Temple podcast. Y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz. And joining us is from the wonderful land of New Zealand, Dylan Williamson. Hello, hello. And of course, also joining us from the equally wonderful land of Denmark, Nico Lassen. Hello, my guys. Gentlemen, we are one week into the NBA season and we have terrible takes. Terrible, terrible takes. They're going to be wonderful and horrible. And we are going to overreact to everything as much as possible today. So let me just first start by asking you, how's your how's your first week of viewing been going? It's been uh, great, Nate. Honestly, every single season uh, when, when they start, I'm like, ah, it's going to be okay having NPA back. But then when I watch the first game, man, I'm just getting so fucking hyped. Um, that Knicks game, uh, opening night against uh, Boston, I've, I've, I've watched, watched that for like... I've, I've watched it one and a half times at least because <laughs> I think that, that overtime was just so entertaining. <laughs> you could just see, like, they were not ready to, to go into double overtime, but it, it was fun. They were so gassed. Yeah. <laughs> You're just throwing Hail Marys every single offense. It was just so <laughs> much fun. Uh, Dylan, what about you? How's your uh, first week of viewing been going this year? Pretty Pretty good. The way that the timing works out is the games are always during my work hours. But if you if you don't tell my boss, um, there are there are ways that I can get around that. Well, hopefully your boss is not a listener. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, gentlemen, I have a couple of questions prepared, uh, and I'm also wanting to hear your overreaction takes. But I think since Nico mentioned the Knicks, the best first starting point would be at this point Monday afternoon. October 25th, the Knicks are attempting 49 three-pointers per game and only 48.7 two-pointers per game, marking the first time a team has attempted more threes than twos in an NBA season. Will this continue? Is this finally the year that we see a team shoot more threes than twos? It depends how much they're going to play Obi Topping, because that guy's just like dunking every single time he gets the ball. So, so I guess it depends who they're playing. Who, who's getting all the minutes <laughs> but i mean julius randall like he's just jacking up every single free he can get so he's definitely helping that take <laughs> it was just incredible to see like he's just he's not just chucking all those frees up he's actually hitting like most of them which is just i mean he doesn't look like steph curry uh, when he's shooting it, it looks so janky but i mean it's working <laughs> To get that ratio right, you've got to have a specific type of team. You've got to have guys that can, you know, you've got to have adequate shooters. But you've also got to have just a bunch of guys that just don't give a fuck and that have total confidence in themselves that will take every single three. Mm. And between like Kemba and Fournier and Julius Randle, like there are a lot of guys that have complete confidence in themselves on that Knicks team. I was having serious like flashback moments, or not flashback, but like double take moments 
Because Fournier would fire up a three, and then like two possessions later, he'd get it back in the same left side of the court. Yeah, just going to chuck it every time he touches it? Because it was like zero hesitation. He was just going to let it fly. Julius Randle even said after the game that he didn't really know how to play with um, Evan Fournier. Like, that it's so new, um, having him on the team. But but he during the game, he could see that he just needed to find a way to give that man the ball. That, that's what he said. So that that's looking like an uh, incredible partnership going forward. Uh, that's 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 definitely a good uh, like team chuckers. Um, man, that's t- that team is so so entertaining right now, and I just want to keep watch watching uh, New York Knicks. Yeah, I mean, like they were pretty good last year, even if like you know some one one member at least on this podcast um, doubted them the entire season right up until they were the four seed. But they had like such terrible spacing. But now you're just adding Kimba and Fournier. RJ Barrett is All-NBA first team, first week defense. It could be even better than last year. Yeah. You said so much in there that is a transitionary topic. But speaking of All-NBA first team defense, the Chicago Bulls, who've played a Cadeless Pistons <laughs> and a Zionless uh, Pelicans for their three games, are 3-0. and You've got to factor in the two times that they beat the Cavs in the preseason too, though. Like, they're building up a little bit of a track record here. Well, they were the best offensive team throughout the preseason. How, how long do you think this continues? I was kind of hinting at it that, like, this is going to be my my Knicks of, of last year. That, like, the entire season I'm going to be like, man, this is going to fall off. They can't sustain this. They're not that good. And then they'll yeah. just end up being the four seed. And I'll be like, God damn it. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the best stat to sort of track sustainability of this is that they are um if you just go by cleaning the glasses location effective field goal percentage which basically tells you how good your defense would be if opponents just shot at a normal rate the balls are sixth in opponent field goal percentage and 23rd in location effective field goal percentage so their opponents are getting good shots and just missing a unusual amount of them Although those good shots have been all shots at the rim, they are at least not giving up many threes. Their defense is definitely going to slide, but their offense is going to be so much fun. It, I forget which game I was watching them play, but DeMar had the deep two over a defender, kind of spin, fade, hit, and then he came down and tried it again. It was just like a heat check shot where he fell over, and Alex Caruso comes out of nowhere and dives like out of bounds to save the ball and like tip it back in. And DeMar gets it and drives and gets doubled and bounce passes it to Alizé Johnson. Johnson just throws it down. And I'm like, man, I am in for this. They begin like really fun minutes from like obscure players like Alizé Johnson and Javante Green had like, man, like the highlights of the game and the game that I watched, you know, throwing down alley-oops and getting like dunks in transition and... All, all these obscure players that just contribute to the watchability of this team. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely athletic. They could just be joining the uh, slam dunk contest, like all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be a fun team to, uh, you know, watch this season. But <laughs> I guess like Dylan, I kind of I, I kind of see the same thing. Like, I, I can't see this hold up, but I also can see them, like, be top three in the East. I mean, the one thing that you could say reflects well on them is that their offense hasn't actually been that good they've been below average offensively and with the players you've that they've got and you know getting out in transition that sort of thing that we that we know that they'll do 
um, you'd expect that offense to bump up. So they should be at least better on that end of the floor, even if they um, aren't a top five defense. I would watch a full Chicago Bulls slam dunk contest. Like if you gave me a Caruso, Levine, Alizé Johnson, and Green, I'm in. Like just, yeah. just sign me up. Just I don't know of any other team that I would watch a full one of their dunk contests, except for maybe Charlotte. Yeah. And really Charlotte, yeah. I just want to see Miles Bridges. Right. Yeah. Can I just say just like this once? Like I can I just say I told you so. <laughs> It's like I've I've been preaching Miles Bridges for like a full year now, and finally you guys will see it. Yeah, I think I had him outside of my top one hundred, and there are a couple of guys that like already in the first week. I'm like, man, this is that's a guy that definitely should have been top one hundred, like Bridges and um, Jordan Poole as well. Is one that I sh- should have seen coming. Miles Bridges is currently leading the league in win shares, which. I know win shares is a flawed stat, as are any advanced metrics, but the winner of win shares wins MVP like eight out of ten times. And I know it's three games in, but I'm just I'm just saying the boys boys doing well. He's hype. He's also just like so versatile in terms of he's a pretty big body. Uh, he's got pretty long arms. Uh, he's very very athletic. He he's not a bad passer, and he can just like do it all. Also on the defensive end, like he can guard multiple positions. So I could see a guy like Miles Bridges like get All Star votes this this year. Yeah, I mean Nate just declared him as the MVP of the first week. Right. Um, <laughs> so you know, if if just a little bit of that rub carries over, I had him. I had him uh, like in the top fifty this uh, in in our top one hundred. Yeah, like it was like forty eight. So I think we we talked you back into the seventies on him, but he still finished it. Uh, at 82 on our rankings and looking at the other top 100s he was left off of the Washington Posts he was left off of Sports Illustrated and he did make it onto ESPNs at 87 so they were pretty close to us we should have never doubted you no never <laughs> doubt me again yeah you talked me down to like 75 I see so. well so it sounds like Dylan you're gonna hate on the Bulls all year but the Bulls and the Hornets are both 3-0 and Who's ending with a better better regular season record? Hmm. I mean, I'd I'd think it would be the Bulls, but man, that Hornets team is so much fun. And I love I love their starting lineup that they went with last night against the Nets with with Ubre at the two and Lamelo at the one. And they're just so big and so long, and you know I love some long boys. The roster is also a lot deeper than you'd you'd think. Like I'm, I mean, Lamelo Ball has just been been playing great so far. They have Gordon Hayward as like a very good uh, veteran presence. Uh, he 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 in the in the opener he ended the game. Uh, well, he was the reason they won. So well, and just to speak to that depth a bit, like Cody Martin came out and in his first possession defending Durant gets a steal. Ish yeah. Smith uh, midway through the game strips Durant on defensive possession, and then a little bit later in the game rises up and defends at the rim. Uh, it was against Patty e. Mills, but like. I'm just going to say it. Russell Westbrook was the worst point guard in Washington. Ish Smith and Raul Neto, much better than him in last yeah. season. <laughs> I mean, they, they, didn't, they didn't even have uh, Terry Rozier yet. I guess he's still injured or something. So when he's back, they're going to be incredible deep uh, on the point guard position as well. I kind of like them without him, though. Yeah. I was, I was listening to um, the Athletic uh, podcast with, um, I think it was the, I don't remember. If it was 
with David Ald- Aldrich and, and those guys. Anyway, um, they, they said that Charlotte is going to be so much better when they figure out that PJ Washington is their actual, actual sender. Um, and mm. I, I, I can't agree more. Like PJ Washington, when, when he's the sender, the team is just so dynamic. And he, he is definitely big enough to guard uh, like senders because he's like, you know, his body is just big. <laughs> he's not, not the tallest sender in the league, but, you know, he's a big guy. I, I think that's the right role. I think that's the right role for PJ, but I really like Plumley. He's so bouncy and uh, he had a Lamelo lob yeah. that that he kind of got he got fouled on. He didn't finish it, but he, his elbow was way above the rim on it, and I was right. I was hyped for that. I mean, the problem with Plumley is that he can't defend bigs. Like he's just so bad on defense. So so I think that the the point is you you want PJ Washington to be the center because he's just better on offense and. He seems like he's been doing a better job on defending bigs than um, Plumlee has has been for years. Yeah, Plumlee's probably still a better team defender at this point, just like anchoring a defense. You know, he's a bit more experienced than than PJ is. But yeah, maybe going forward, like even if he's not the starting center, if he can sort of get into like a you know like Montreus Harrell was with the Clippers, where he doesn't start, yeah, but he plays yeah. like a, a significant majority of the minutes at the five. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe. Plumlee's still starting, but he's only playing 20 minutes a game, and the rest of it, you're you're playing PJ. Yeah. I like that Zoo Montrez Harrell uh, kind of analogy you got going on there. Maybe some um, sneaky six-man buzz then for PJ Washington. Yeah, it could be. Could be. I like it. Well, Dylan, Man, are you ready to like, talk about the- <laughs> There's going to be like a hundred of these guys, but... PJ Washington's like another guy where I'm like, man, like surely I should have found a spot for him in the top 100. Yeah. Like just like we said when we started doing the list, like there are only 100 and like there are guys that you think are top 100 that just don't make it. I'm going to go through that all again, but just like, like, man, how's this guy? How do I not have this guy in my top 100? Like there's no one that I want to take out, but it's like, man, this guy's got to be top 100. Oh man, we put Rui Hachimura in there. Like boom, bump him, slot in PJ. Because I, I had a debate between those two when I I went with Rui. I shouldn't have. Well, Dylan, are you ready to talk about uh, the man of the of the season so far, uh, Paul George? VPG. Paul George and John Morant are currently co-leading the league in points per game with 35 points per game. Who sustains this longer? And do either of them finish as one of the top scorers uh, in the league this season? Um. I don't think either of them are going to average over 35 points a game, so let's start with that one. Um, but in terms of like which one of these guys could be like a potential scoring champion leader, I kind of feel like Jar is just more of a I don't know more of a more of a facilitator. You know, he creates offense for for his teammates as well as for himself. Um, he's had a couple games where he's sort of had to do more himself, but I think um, over the course of a season, he's you know a guy that's more likely to average 10 assists than 30 points. Um, so I can see that dropping down, but you know, without Kawhi, PG's got a lot of um, offense to that he has to carry. So of the two, I think PG could be the one that we could see potentially in that scoring championship race up in the high twenties. Yeah, I also think that PG thirteen is most likely going to be the scoring champion this season. He's just got such a big offensive load uh, on him. What what team else does have such a big star in terms of scoring? and so little uh, help in terms of offense. I don't think there's many teams that can compete with Clippers in terms of that. Ja Morant, he's, gonna, he's not going to 
keeps growing like that. I don't think so. Um, I'm calling it now. This is his Russell Westbrook breakout year. This is <laughs> the near triple double. The, I mean, maybe he doesn't quite get there. But you think Jaw's going to go for like thirty and ten? I think Jaw might go for when it's all said and done, like twenty-seven, eight and six, eight assists, six rebounds. I mean, we'll see. But he was the best player on the floor last night against the Lakers. Just, yeah. just hands down. The the thing I see uh, that can prevent uh, Jar from getting that high total is like um, when Dylan Brooks is coming back, like he's not much different from Julius Randle. Like every single time he catches the ball close yeah. to the three point line, he's just chugging it up there. So, so he's gonna be he's gonna be competing with Jar a lot. Yeah, but but I mean Jar's season this far, I mean he's looking absolutely awesome. I think PG said said in the post-game interview that he was the closest he he's been uh, like the the player uh, that he's been guarding closest uh, to 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 like Derrick Rose uh, you, you know he compared him to Derrick Rose in his MVP year because that's the year uh, Paul George got into the league and I see the comparison like they remind they remind me of each other um, the thing is I think John Moran is a much better facilitator Um, he's 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 a much more like traditional point guard, but with also that explosive scoring. So, but I definitely see the comparison. Yeah, he he had a moment last night that was very D Rose like, where he was in transition and like AD was like basically back at the rim, but he just like reached another gear and just blew past him somehow, and Davis just didn't even get a chance to contest it. Um, and you know that that's something that you saw from from Derek Rose is just you know when you think that you're keeping up with the guy and he just kicks into the next gear and yep. then he's at the rim and you're you know you're still at the child circle it may just be me but ad looks slow to me like i don't know how much of the lakers you guys have watched but he was getting cooked by jay crowder and you know like that's the lakers got eliminated by the suns and ad looked good in that playoff series defending crowder coming off an injury so i don't know if he tried to bulk up to play center this year, and now that he's defending wings, he's struggling, or if it's still just some rehab, but I have not liked the way Davis has looked defensively. I mean, the Lakers in general doesn't really look ready to this season. They are so rusty. At least it looks like that, uh, rust. I think they will, they will improve. Like, after the All-Star break, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be a lot better than, than right now, but man, they look rusty. I'm gonna um, come up with a rusty to Russ um, play on words. Yeah, because the Lakers definitely did get they rusty got Rust. Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know who didn't look rusty though, and who was awesome last night? Freaking Carmelo Anthony, the yeah ninth Man, um, great. greatest scorer of all time. Love I think my week. Mello. I think my week one overreaction to fix all the Lakers problems. Um, play Davis at the five and just start Carmelo. Yeah. I think they need to play Davis at the five, not just from a like roster stru- standpoint, but from a Davis standpoint of he looks slow and he looks like he needs to defend centers because he can't defend on the perimeter right now. But they they closed with that five. Uh, they closed with Bays, Carmelo, LeBron, Russ, and Davis, and they could not get a stop defensively, but were really fun offensively, and I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, the Palinka seems to have just given up on defense and signed a bunch of um, one-way offensive players. So if you're giving up on defense, you might as well lean into it all the way and just start Carmelo. Well, here's the thing is you need defensive players that can shoot. And as long as Al Aminu and James Ennis are unsigned, 
Uh, that's that's kind of who I'm I'm cheering for. I mean, they're not great shooters, but they are defensive players. Yeah. There was a point last game or last night where Westbrook drove and Howard tried to vacate the block, but then like Westbrook crossed over and just went straight into Dwight and Dwight's man as like a four-person pileup, and he kind of did the one-two step like. I've got nowhere to go and just chucked it to the wing. Uh, and it was Bayes and Bayes caught it. And Bayes is like, oh, cool, I'm going to drive. And he drove and all six players just like ended up <laughs> in this pile where the ball pops up and goes in. And I'm just like, oh, oh, that's so ugly. Just, yeah. No. I mean, there are a lot of times like that where like the opponent just like totally loads up. Like there was that one screen cap that I got and sent to you like, Nate, what, what the hell, what do you call this zone? Um, and it wasn't a zone. It was just all of the Lakers opponents just standing around the paint because they weren't scared of anyone shooting. Yeah, it's it's bad. Davis caught the ball on the block and there were four Grizzlies with a foot in the paint and the one standing on just the other side in between Davis and the three-point line who was like hedging down. I was like, man, you either can have, like you got to have shooters out there. It's just... Like even, even last night, the play that got the Lakers the lead that they eventually, you know, just by timing managed to hold on to was like a terrible offensive position that Carmelo just got an offensive rebound on. You know, they like tried to create space for Russ, but then there were just a bunch of guys in the paint. So then the next play, they just threw it to Carmelo for a mid-range pull-up because, you know, at least you don't need spacing for that. And here's the thing. The Lakers have an incredibly easy schedule coming up. Uh, I forget who all it is, but it it includes the Thunder twice and like the Rockets twice and Minnesota. And I want to say the Pistons. It is just, it is a who's yeah. who of of the bottom of the lottery. It's almost like the league knew that Russell Westbrook joining a new team is going to make give them a slow start. Okay, here, here it is. It's San Antonio, Oklahoma, Cleveland, back-to-back Houston, then Oklahoma again. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to be seven and three or whatever. But I'm hitting the panic button. <laughs> Have they played uh, Wayne Ellington yet? I think he's been hurt. He's yeah. definitely getting DMPs, whether it's... I mean, he wasn't in uniform, so... Yeah, hamstring injury, I see. So Yeah, there we go. At and Ariza's that... the other one. Like, that's why Davis can't play center, is just because they don't have anyone to play the three. Um, and and once Ariza's back... Yeah, well, once Ariza, THT are back, then you can, you know, get DeAndre Jordan and Dwight far right. fewer minutes. Oh, and none is also out. Yeah, so they're missing some. They're, they're missing <laughs> some key pieces. Like it's Ariso, Ellington, Harden, Tucker, and none. They're all out. You know, it's bad when there was like some random white guy that I'd never heard of playing in the fourth quarter. He was playing good. They were so much better with him out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whenever there's something like that, and I have like no idea who the guy is i just like focus in on him and just watch what he does offensively and like he was like so confused and like so scared <laughs> but he was just like staying at the three-point line and like lebron was like not even like considering passing to him he's like shit what do i do so he just cut to the basket right as lebron started to drive and he's like oh shit yeah <laughs> uh, that's austin reeves right yeah 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 he, he's gonna be our new caruso yeah, you know, Lakers yeah. Twitter is going to make this guy um, the most overrated player in the league. Oh, they've already started. <laughs> Whenever there's a white guy on the Lakers, <laughs> you know he's going to be hype. He, he looks like one of those, uh, you know, um, have you seen that movie, um, you know, with that nerdy guy, um, comedy movie where he's a, like a virgin uh, with glasses and stuff. Like, it's so I, unspecific. 
Yeah, sorry. Forty-year-old version. <laughs> I think it's super bad or something. I think. Oh, super oh, bad. Oh uh, man! Like he, lo- he looks kind of looks like um, uh, what's this, what's his name? McLovin. No, Fogel. Is that McLovin? Uh, yeah. McLovin? Yeah. 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 Kind of looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of those like nerdy nerdy guys in 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 high school. <laughs> they let you choose any name you want. So it's either between McLovin or Muhammad. <laughs> Oh, such a great movie. Yeah. Mohan's the most common name in the world. <laughs> oh, I need to watch that one. It's been a long time since I watched that. All right, we got we got to pivot away from the Lakers. Yeah. Give me a hot take, one of you guys. Break me out of this cycle. No, we can't We can't leave for the Lakers just yet. Because we need to address what the fuck is happening with Dwight Howard and... and, uh, and, and um, Anthony Davis, like they were wrestling on, at, on the sideline. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dwight Howard and his hair. Yeah, his hair is... No, that's not that bad. People are just giving his hair shit, but I mean, is it that bad? It's not good. kind of looks like something future would, would uh, do, right? It looks like something 16-year-old me would do. I used to... <laughs> I used to think it was cool to like gel my hair into a mohawk and like spray paint it green or like you know the green hairspray because my team my team we wore green i was like it's intimidating and now i look back at those pictures like oh god nate you're in a nasty <laughs> faux hawk those that had green tips like not good but it's very dry howard um yeah i i think it's just got to be you know top 75 or and 75 at 75 hatred yeah. of it's gotta be that, right? Gotta be some eighty. Gotta have slipped in something like you gotta listen to me because I'm top seventy-five or something like that. You know, that's gonna be good yeah. this, this year. Is that is that the worst? Um, to to pivot to the top seventy-five. Is that is that the worst omission? It's definitely one of them, right? It's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing: if you're gonna do the top seventy-five, they kept making a big deal about how they were gonna throw out you know the 50 at 50 and it kind of seems like there were there were a number of writers that agreed and wanted to throw it out and then from what kind of heard more modern or younger writers and a lot of the players were just like yeah we don't know the old guys so we're just going to put them on automatically and it, it makes sense yeah. like Giannis, Giannis found out who jason kidd was after jason kidd was his coach someone was showing him highlights yeah, that's- like, that was insane when I saw that Giannis was one of the voters. I was like, this guy didn't know who Jason Kidd was. Like, this guy doesn't know the history of the NBA. Why the hell is, like, I guess, like, name recognition and that you, like, get some credibility from that. But just, like, going through that list, I'm like, man, there are not a lot of smart people on here. A lot of people are just saying that because they're players, you know, they know the game better than us regular people and stuff like that. And sure, Which that's is not that's true. true. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that is, I mean... They do well, know the game they, better. They, like, know, they know it better than us, but like, yeah, but players I, like always have the worst takes. Yeah, they don't necessarily know who was better thirty years ago or something like that. I mean, they may not, not mm-hmm. even. Uh, they're not basketball historians. Like they, they probably know the matchup for for next week's games, but they don't care who who won ten years ago. Yeah, I would love like an honest ranking of like LeBron. Rank the players that you've played against, or you know, hey, you just finished this year. Who were the best players in the league this year? And uh, yeah. the players that played, 110% will tell you, like, who was the best players from that year. And I trust them way more than any of our speculation. But, like, Kareem mm-hmm. Abdul-Jabbar has been on record of saying his all-time team is, you know, like, 
uh, Oscar Robertson, Elgin Baylor, Julius Irving, uh, Bill Russell, and I forget who else. And he's like, and they would take any of the modern players. I'm like, what, would they, Bill? Or would they, Kareem? Would, would they really? You know. Yeah, like some of those old guys probably still have PTSD guarding each other um, and, and don't really care about the new guys. So Yeah, and that is like one thing that players way overrate is just like, oh, this guy was really hard when I had to play against him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rank him super high. But like, you know, they have no idea that you can like go in and like, oh, actually the on-off numbers weren't actually that great with this guy. And even though he's hard to guard, he actually hurts your offense. Um, offensive flow and is also a bad defender like mm-hmm. they don't they don't go into that stuff they're just like oh yeah that guy was hard to guard yeah that's why they all have kobe as like a top three player right doesn't hurt at all <laughs> uh well and you know i i had jacob birkinshaw on uh, to discuss our top 100 matrixes and he had a guy that that my matrix absolutely disregards because my matrix looks at stats and awards and a lot of a lot of things, and his is a little bit more subjective where he says, all right, this player was the best player on championship team, so you, you get this much. Uh, and that was Joe Folks. And Joe Folks was named to, as one of the 12 players at the NBA 25-year anniversary. He was, he was named to that 12-man team. So if we're going to respect the history of the game, and we're going to say, all right, who are the best players from the first 25 years? Let's put the 12 of them on there. Like, Joe Folk should be on this list. And he was left off of the 50 at 50. And Jumpin' Joe doesn't have, like, a long or a great NBA track record. He was kind of the leading scorer for the first couple of years uh, before it was even the NBA. But if we want this list to represent the history of the game and not just be the best players, then we need to have Joe on there. And I think that was a, a really strong case. Yeah. I mean, it, it sort of gets into the debate of, like... Is it some sort of like historical significance? Is that how you define greatness or is it just like best players? Because like Damian Lillard is, if you're just ranking the 75 best players of all time, then he's probably there. But in terms of like historical significance, like he's never done anything in his career. Um, You know, one conference finals because everyone was hurt. You know, so a couple, you know, cool walk-off game winners. But, you know, take Damian Lillard, scrub him from the history books and you can tell the same story. I mean, the same is true of Reggie Miller, and that's one of my biggest gripes. You've, you've heard me go on about Reggie a couple of times, but Reggie in the 90s, he wasn't good. He was an incredibly good shooter. He was significantly better than everyone else at shooting the basketball, but they didn't run their offense through him. That wasn't even a thought process, and as such, he didn't really get like you know top defensive billing and... Um, you know, his main case is what he did against the Knicks that one year that lives on in everyone's mind and him, you know, choke like the, the choke symbol to uh, Spike Lee. Yeah. The Lillard versus Reggie. I, I take Lillard. Lillard at least was a multi-time all-star, a multi-time all-NBA. Reggie's got three all-NBA third teams to his name. He was not a good player. Good, but not great, I should say. Yeah, it's, it wasn't. it wasn't like... He wasn't Damien, Damien Lillard good. He was very offens- limited offensively in terms of, you know, he can he could shoot, but he wasn't moving very well with the ball and he wasn't a playmaker by any chance. He wasn't mm. passing that well. I mean, yeah, he didn't pass or like, rebound. Yeah. And like neither of those guys were ever the best player at their position. That's true. Like Damien Lillard's never been the best point guard in the league. 
He's, he's has, close has, though. Has Dwight Howard been the best center in the league? Yeah, for like yeah, yeah. an entire run where he was the best player on a team that went to the finals and that beat the Celtics and beat LeBron. You know, another great scrub was Alex English, who, man, I think if someone had thrown out this stat beforehand, he would have made it. But the stat that's circulating on the internet is that he led the 80s in points scored. Like... <laughs> an, an entire decade. Yeah, and it's... You know, there's always the things where, like, you put different players' careers. Like, Jordan started in 84, so he's not going to lead the 80s because he missed four years. But that's still almost all of Dominique's career. Kareem played the entire 80s, although, you know, it was his last several years. But you, you had some good scorers. You got Bird and Magic coming in in the 79 season. So they played the entire 80s. And although they're, they're passers, like, dude outscored Bird. You know, maybe we consider it. And he was like on a small market team, right? Denver or something? Yeah. Alex English? Yeah. Oh, his his Denver Nuggets jersey is so beautiful. Yeah. I want one. Yeah, I'm surprised the players um, didn't give him some love for just having a cool jersey. <laughs> Let's see who else missed it. Oh, one that I, I've really been stumping for is Pau Gasol. Yeah, that's one of the guys I've been uh, talking about. You can't have every third option on a championship team on this list. Can't have every second option, um, but but there's some argument that Powell is actually better than Kobe in that run, and Powell has a decent pedigree. He was, uh, you know, he was in a really crowded power forward competition in the Western Conference because he played when Carnett, Dirk, and Duncan were all there. But Powell was Powell was in that conversation and could on any given night go toe to toe with those guys. And he's got the two rings. He just, he deserves it in my book. How do you feel about um the 77th best player of all time, Clay Thompson? Do you think he sort of falls into a similar category there? I, no. I mean, yes and no. You're, you're yeah, happy with him out? I, I have other players I'd rather have in over him. And I think that might just be kind of a, they caught his career at a weird time where he hasn't played for the last two seasons. And he's now going to have kind of a limited career at the top where he only played a couple of years so like i consider his peak much better than reggie miller's and his historical importance greater than reggie miller's but miller played for 20 years i do give miller that that is miller's great accomplishment is that miller played for 20 years at a really high level yeah. and clay had clay's got like four years at a high level at this point maybe five yeah, and, and and clay was never to be to be fair clay was never like the uh, leading figure in in Gold State, so so, I mean he's a role player, right? Yeah. I mean he's he's, I mean, he's not. We were talking a little bit about how Clay on a bad team is is kind of you know that that could be uh, better than Reggie Miller for sure, but he's not on a bad team. Mm-hmm. And um, I think my biggest yeah, maybe my biggest um kickback to that would be like irrefutably the Warriors don't have as many championships without Clay. Even if you just replace Clay with like a another like a normal sort of second or third option, like if you replace the game him against with CJ OKC, yeah, if you, if you replace Clay with CJ McCollum, who's like an All Star caliber player, they don't come back from three one against OKC. You know, he he guarded Kyrie all, all those years and and scored as a second option too. Like, do they beat some of those Cleveland teams? I think at least at least one championship is gone. See, here's my thing. I think you gotta decide what you're gonna do with this list. And if this list is just to honor and respect the guys that won championships, 
Well, okay, now we need Clay on there. We need Draymond on there. We need Tony Parker. We need Manu Ginobili. We need Pau Gasol. And we can't put on Dominique Wilkins. I'm sorry, y'all messed up. Hope with the 50 at 50. But you set this weird precedence by putting on James Worthy that you value winning more than you value being an elite superstar. And I think that's the thing is, are we going to have the best players on this list or are we going to have the most historically significant? Because we're going to have the most historically significant Draymond, Clay, all those champions, put them on. If we're going to have the best players, then we need Dwight Howard. We need Alex English. We need Tracy McGrady. We need Neil Johnston. Yeah. You know, like how do you feel about a guy like Dennis Rodman? Now we're talking about Clay because Dennis Rodman for sure ain't leading any team to the playoffs. But he's, you know, a great role player. Yeah. I mean, like Dennis Rodman versus Draymond. Aren't those guys like incredibly close? Yeah. So here's the thing. I know that you I know you, you and Jacob kind of discussed this. Um, when was it? Two weeks ago. Yeah. Here's the thing about Rodman is everyone confuses him. The Rodman that the Bulls got, he was really he was still good in uh, in the first of the second three peat. Was that uh, the '96 title, the '72 win? He was still all defensive of team that year. The next two years, he was not all defensive team. He was in and out of the starting lineup. '98, uh, he did not start and played very few minutes. You know, the idea that Rodman is this integral part of those three Bulls championships. He was an integral part of one, and then he was kind of an oscillary piece for two and three. When you just go back and look at the numbers, like straight up. Malone had like 56% field goal percentage or even better. I think one of the series, he was 60% and Rodman averaged like eight rebounds. He just, he was there. His best years from a statistical standpoint were when Rodman was with San Antonio alongside David Robinson and the two of them could not get over the hump. They got, they got smoked. Yeah. You know, the Pistons first title, Rodman was averaging 24 minutes a game. He was coming off the bench. It's, I think it's a bit weird that, that Dennis Rodman is in there. If you put if you put prime Dwight on those balls, yeah. isn't that just like way way more valuable? Right. I mean, Dennis yeah. Rodman is a great defender, and he's 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 like one of the greatest rebounders of all time. Mm-hmm. But does that warrant you as a top seventy-five player? I mean, all you know these what it is? other guys, all these other guys could could like lead a team to the uh, championship. You know. You know what it is? Yeah. It's um. Jordan being so great that he actually gets to be on the list twice. So it's like Michael Jordan on the list, and then you like shave off like how much better he is than everyone else. You add that on to Dennis Rodman, and then that uh, you know on its own um, gets gets Jordan a second spot that they just put under Dennis Rodman. I mean, just looks so weird when you look at the list. Like sixty-one David Robinson, sixty-two Dennis Rodman, sixty-three Bill Russell. Like. That just, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah. He's just not in that company. To have, uh, Bill Simmons kind of came on his pod and I think said it best. He's like, oh yeah, the writers, we love Rodman. Uh, And Bill did not put Rodman on there. Bill actually knocked off Robert Parrish, which I thought was was interesting that he won would go to war with a Celtic. But but Bill was like, yeah, all of the the writers that wrote this and got to like have these voices are primarily the guys who got their like start in the nineties or who, you know, were, were coming up in the nineties in the sports writing game. So yeah, they're going to, they're going to have these biases and, and he straight up called them on it. I'm like, thank you. Cause it just, it doesn't make sense. And 
you know, even using your Jordan, shave off how much he's got. Well, okay, let's shave off how many Kobe's got, and then how much does Kobe add to Powell, and how much does Jordan add to to Rodman to make up the difference between Powell and Rodman? Because you could you could replace Rodman with a ton of other players. You know, yeah. Dale, maybe not Dale Davis, but like Antonio Davis or uh, you know Horace Grant from their first three championship runs. They just needed a bruising power forward that would rebound, like. He wasn't that defensively versatile in the, in their second run. You think um, if Netflix didn't make the last dance that he would have been top 75? Oh, I hadn't considered that, but no, absolutely not. Yeah, just I mean, so I'm just thinking of a guy like like some of the votes voters and like the last dance is probably like the most NBA history that Giannis has seen and he's one of the voters. Like, do you think there's a chance that he's not just being like, okay, yeah, the last dance, who are those players again? Well, there was Jordan, there was Pippen, and there was Robin. So those guys are locks. Not to just keep picking on Giannis, but <laughs> well, and here's the the thing: like we don't know the criteria that any of these voters chose with or voted on, and a, a lot of the kind of media's reaction to oh, how Dwight not get in? They're like, oh yeah, because players hate him, and this is just yeah. like and and also media hates him, and also fans yeah. hate him. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember which part it was. It might have been. Um, Windhorse pod where they were just saying like how did how did Dwight miss this? Well, do Magic fans and media love him? No. Do Lakers fans and media love him? No. Like do Rockets fans do, and do, media love yeah, him? Yeah. Do no. do Houston fan media? No. Like who's who are the people that are advocating for Dwight? Like there's no one. To be fair, like Dwight's uh, peak was kind of short. True, but his peak did get him past LeBron James in the in the playoffs, and that that finals. Gosh, was it game one or game two that came down to a Courtney Lee missed tip in that would have won it for Houston or not Houston, Orlando? It just in my matrix, Dwight came in at 48th, uh, Trace McGrady at 49th. They both missed it. Uh, Neil Johnston, 60th, Powell, 62nd. You know, a, a lot of the other guys that missed, like, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw a stink fit about Amari Stoudemire missing it at. 73rd although if you put Amari on the Bulls do they win as opposed to Rodman absolutely if you put Rodman on the seven seconds or less Suns are they a much worse team absolutely I mean put Mutombo on the Bulls and they're so much better put Draymond on either of those teams and they're better yeah you wanted overreactions there's an overreaction Nate (laughs) (laughs) But but he's the only one where I I look at this list and and he's the only name that just you know he looks so weird in there. All right, let's move let's move on, Nate. What what else have we got? <laughs> well, you, don't you, wanna, you, you don't want to you don't want to on Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was gonna I was gonna put, make one more claim for Nikola yeah. Jokic. The oh yeah, you know one of two MVPs left off him and Derrick Rose. I think the reasons for leaving Rose off are pretty obvious. The reasons for leaving Jokic off, less so. Jokic has played more minutes in his career at this point than Bill Walton ever did. And it's just, he hasn't won yet, but if we're going to if we're gonna represent the history of the game, I think 26-year-old Jokic, who's won an MVP and is one of the top players in the league, he right now deserved to be on there. At least more than Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. More than Lillard, more than... More than a couple of guys. Yeah, the, I think the thing with with Jokic is that he's he's kind of a you know late bloomer. 
Uh, he had a lot of years where you know we, you weren't sure that that he was the better of the two uh, in in Denver. Uh, you know, Yusuf Nurkic mm-hmm. was was like the guy getting all the minutes, and and you weren't really sure what Jokic was gonna be. Uh, he wasn't really playing great in in Serbia either. Like wasn't committing to the national team, and he's actually got a a bit of a spotty career before he like uh, blossomed. So so I guess his his peak is still kind of short right now. Yeah, I mean I don't really mind the Jokic omission because like you are projecting, and that's kind of you know an uncertain thing. Like if Jokic, um, you know, gets hurt and has to retire tomorrow, like he's had two seasons where he's a all-time you know two sort of all-time great level level seasons yeah it's just he's he's the only mvp i mean him and rose and i i have my qualms with wes onseld and bill walton being on this list bill walton for that exact reason of we got two seasons and anyone who tries to bring up his celtics the dude was the sixth man he was a i mean he's one of the greatest six men in history but which is more impressive, being a center, being an all-star? And if you say sixth man, are you Jamal Crawford's cousin? Because that's the only reason to say sixth man. No, I just want to say all in all, I think the list is pretty good. Um, and it was kind of fun seeing all those names. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's fun to, fun to debate and talk about. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, anything else on the first week of the NBA season? Um, I just want to watch more Knicks games. That's what I'm going to do. Um, I have to formally apologize to Masayu Jerry. Because Scotty Barnes, who I absolutely hated in the draft, and I was like, "Man, I think Masai's losing it. Like, what has he seen?" But no, he he saw something. Scotty Barnes has been awesome. There was I forget who else the Magic drafted when they drafted Mobamba, um, but there were two other like six foot six and six foot seven wings that both had like seven two and seven one foot wingspans, and I was just like, "Ah, the Orlando GM just he's just going for size and length and." These guys are, are the most classic Orlando picks. And then Masai goes for Scotty Barnes. And you're like, ah, classic Masai. But I think the difference here is why Toronto's good and Orlando's been Orlando is Masai knows how to pick them. Nico, do, do you guys want to do anything on the Kyrie or? Uh, yeah, I was just thinking the, about him, actually. Like, we should invite him seven. We should invite him on the podcast. Like, Kyrie got to have time for, for a little podcast appearance right now. <laughs> he's, he's got nothing else going on, right? Yeah. No, he's he's on the trading block now. You know, Brooklyn has been out uh, publicly talking about taking calls. Yeah. Maybe I we mean, should if, just if... call Brooklyn. Like, get, get him on a free agency, uh, no? Yeah. Sorry, Nico, but we're going to send you to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're, we're trading you for Kyrie. Yeah. Can I play the point guard spot then? <laughs> yeah, you're you're now the backup point guard. That's great. <laughs> You'll at least give them more than Kyrie. I, I will go out of retirement uh, <laughs> for, for for Brooklyn, sure. Yep. At least you're vaccinated. Yeah. I don't know who would want him. Like, and that's not just a, a knock on the current situation, but if you actually start going through the teams, like Philadelphia is putting in the same vaccine mandate order, uh, the Los Angeles. It, this area is doing the same. So he can't go to either the LA teams. He can't go to, Florida, he can't go to Golden State. Uh, Miami, he don't want him. Like when, when you start actually going through who's close enough to winning, that it kind of makes sense to, to roll all the dice on, uh, on his personality. 
And then you start mm-hmm. looking at, okay, which cities can he go to and play in? Yeah. yeah, and it's not just the vaccine stuff, but like he's, and not just that he's like incredibly unreliable, off the court, I mean, but like he's in the last year of his contract. And so like you're trading for a, a pending free agent mm-hmm. and like the Nets are not going to like want to give him up for nothing. Like if they're going to trade him, they'll want something sub- substantial. Um, and so you've got to be a team that can, for for whatever reason, be incredibly confident that you're going to be able to bring him back when like he's like the hardest guy in the league to predict. Like there's almost a 50-50 chance that he'll retire as that he'll resign with you. And so, yeah, that, that kind of depresses the market as well. The last time a star was in this situation where it wasn't kind of a wink-wink deal, we'll sign you. I mean... Like the Lakers traded for Davis in the last year of his contract. Davis was going to resign. There was no real fear there, uh, except for for a week when I was freaking out that he would sign with Chicago. The last time this happened was Kawhi to Toronto, and it was Masai saying, "All right, we're going ships in. I'm either winning the title or I'm losing my job this week." Like we're yeah. uh, and yeah. uh, so that's be a team. I just in that don't see a team in that like, situation. Yeah. And also Kyrie is not as good as Kawhi. Like Kyrie can't be the best player on a championship team. So it's got to be mm-hmm. a team that, that is willing to go all in on a championship, but is also has a player that can be the best player on a championship team. Like it's just, it's, it's impossible. It will also be if they, like if they somehow can afford going for John Wall, you know, Houston would save a bit of money and don't have that contract for, for such a long period. They, they could help Houston out by, uh, you know, taking a bigger contract. And I don't think Texas will be introducing a vaccine mandate anytime soon. No, but I mean, th- at this point, the only reason to trade for Kyrie is to, like, you know, uh, money. Save money. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, the one the one place he could go is Denver, who could really use kind of a scoring guard while Murray's out. I don't think Denver has anything to offer Brooklyn that they would be willing to give up in this deal. Yeah. But if he isn't um, playing... Like, if you think Daryl Morey's been unre- unreasonable in what he's asking for Ben Simmons, like, expect the same from Sean Marks. Like, he's not going to trade him for, for nothing. Like, that conversation is going to start with, okay, yep, give us uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, and then we've got a deal. You know and, what? Uh, Maybe Indiana. Yeah, I guess. Like, can he get back to, like, you know, you've got to be somewhere that's incredibly confident that you can resign him, and Indiana's not a free agent destination. That's fair. But they How won't about... put in a mandate, so he's got that going for him. Nate, which which do you think would be more valuable, Kyrie, but he can only play on the road, or Russell Westbrook? Would you do Russ for Kyrie straight up? Just to pair Russ Harden and KD together, and then put Kyrie back on. Honestly, the Lakers are better without Russ. So, you know, hey, are you trading Russ for a bag of potato chips? Cool, do it. Yeah, so that so that's that's the deal that needs to happen. Kyrie for Russ straight up, and they just play him road games. Oh, that way you can you can load manage LeBron too. Like title. LeBron doesn't have to play road games. So if Milwaukee hadn't won the title and they were like biting at the the bit to like really get their first championship, then maybe they'd take this gamble because they're they're a team that's in that closeness. But then they won, so that yeah. that kind of rules yeah. out the one team. Yeah, LeBron and Kawhi got injured and Kevin Durant stepped on the line and now, you know, Milwaukee are satisfied. Yep. Uh, I had one last stat from the, the opening week of play. Can you guess which team is leading the league in combined steals and blocks? I'm gonna give, I'll, I'll take three guesses, all of them 
maybe a little bit left field because I'm assuming that's where this is going. Um, Toronto, Golden State, or Chicago? Is it any of those teams? Maybe Nico can have a guess before you tell me. <laughs> it's not. Wait, what were the three, your three teams? Toronto, Chicago, and... Golden State. It is none of those teams. Nico, what are your three guesses? Um, and let me, I'm... They are averaging 15 steals, well, 15 and a half steals, and 10 blocks. Uh, I kind of want to say Philadelphia, 76ers. Uh, but it's probably not. I think because... what, what, what team gets steals? I just think Charlotte? I saw Matsy's Thiebel got a lot of steals. Um, I should remember this, cause, but I don't have my phone on me, so I can't check the fantasy app. But one of my guys on on one of my fantasy teams got like one of one night with like five steals or something. It's probably that team, but I don't remember who it was. Uh, it is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I, sh- uh, I had... Uh, <laughs> damn. That's the next team I was going to mention. <laughs> It was Jaden McDaniels, yeah, right? Jaden McDaniels. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Opening night, four steals and two blocks. Second game. They look, they look great as well. I mean, Carl uh, Anthony Towns is back. Hey, if, if the rest of the guys can play defense, they will make the play-in. Yeah. They also just looked fun. Dylan, how are you feeling yep. about your uh, Anthony Edwards stock? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's another guy that I should have had top 100 after seeing one week of play. Well, we get another fun week of play. And we are very excited for it. I'm excited for everything to come crashing down and then we get to like overreact in the opposite I, direction. I, I think we should always just keep keep track of stats in one week increments. So that way we can always have these just wild oscillating <laughs> swings. Yeah. Be yeah. Why not? <laughs> great, great little segment. And week 36 overreactions. <laughs> I mean, you know, whenever people or like ESPN will try to show a graphic and they're like, yeah, this guy had seven player of the week. Oh, like there was one that was floating around about Kobe and Jordan and it was like this many championships, this many MVPs, this many all stars, this many player of the month. This many player. I was just like, oh, God, (laughs) don't don't ever do that. (laughs) Oh, all right. Last call for takes. Which guys got? I don't know if it's much of a take, but I think there's going to be two All-Stars in Charlotte this year, and it's not going to be Gordon Hayward. It's definitely a take. I mean, and if you can have two All-Stars on your team, and one of them is not Gordon Hayward, who is on your team, like, that's got to be a top five team in the East. With the fall of Philly, and just, I guess, just kind of... I guess I'm, what I'm saying is is Charlotte is getting home court this, this year, not this season. Ooh. There's a take for you guys. <laughs> well, let me take us out of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. The disappointed look in Dylan's face. <laughs> that was, that uh, was total is... approval, Nate. That wasn't disappointment. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I just saw the head droop. Like, <laughs> I guess it was a <laughs> nod, but it kind of, the screen paused. I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Well, this has been another week of the Hoops Temple podcast. We're so glad you guys joined us. Um, Hit that like and follow button wherever you listen to us. Leave us a rating. We've got something really exciting coming up next week, so you're going to want to stay tuned. 